are listening to Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast, a part of the Brightside Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> Into the Valley. I am Ethan Shutt, joined as always by Philip Russell and my brother Ryan Shutt. Goodness gracious, guys, the summer, how exciting. We are uh, just full of good information, ready to share with the world. Uh, deep dives on every summer league roster, every college player, every international guy, every 26-year-old rookie who's at the summer league for the fifth time. What do, Ethan, what do we got, guys? Ethan, Ethan, I know you joked about there being big news right as we went live, but we've got a Woj bomb to start the show. If this Brace is a waste yourself. of my time, I'm going to be very annoyed with you. Contavious Caldwell Pope is signing a two-year 30-mil extension with the Nuggets, baby. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. That it is just not, dropped. That's not, We're keeping that's the people news. updated. We're that's keeping listen. the people updated. I cannot imagine there being too many KCP stands or Nuggets fans listening to this podcast. Uh, Philip, how are you doing, my man? I'm guessing you don't care too much about KCP's extension. KCP will come up later in this episode, so put some respect on that man's name, Ethan. Wow. Hey, 2v1, baby. Looks, but, like, I, looks like I can't win. But I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you, Ethan? I'm good, man. Thank you very much. Uh, it is a Wednesday evening here. We're recording a little bit late. And yes, like Ryan mentioned, I secretly hope something exciting breaks news-wise. Though it, I'm guessing a KCP extension is probably the most we can ask for. But here we are. We're in the middle of the summer, as we've discussed. The things to talk about seems to dwindle a, a little bit. And I hate to sound like a broken record, guys, but usually NBA draft time, we would be excited. We'd have something to talk about. And then typically come summer league, because you have this thing you're excited about from the draft, you have something you're excited to watch. In Summer League, Ryan and I, I think Ryan shared it on Twitter. Uh, we've been to Summer League, I, I think I've been twice, if my memory serves me. I can't quite remember. At least once, if not a second time. I don't remember if the Alex Lynn trip uh, was just me and our other buddy, if that nope. was you as well. That was, yeah, that was, that was, was that? the okay. uh, Grand Canyon Vegas LA trip. Yeah, so we saw, we saw a book. Uh, I think we've seen Jaleel Okafor. A few other lottery picks. It's fun. You don't know what you're going to get. I think if you've been on NBA Twitter, you've seen a lot of that with the Chet Holmgren situation, uh, Paolo Bencaro, a whole lot of exciting basketball happening in the Summer League. For the Suns, however, the Suns' most exciting player is Ish Wainwright. Now, that's not like an extended tryout for Ish to see if he hangs out for another year. It's not a, it's, that's not a slight against him. Like I am a hundred percent in the, give the guy a contract. I think we've already seen enough growth, but my whole point is as Suns fans, unless you just are happy to be watching basketball, there's not some intense storyline driving you towards summer league. Does that seem accurate or am I a little harsh on the summer league Suns? That seems fair to me. You all, it's also hard to evaluate guys in Summer League. You like what you see from Ish. You like some of the passing, the shooting especially. His shot looks pretty good. But then as a whole, it's hard to say, oh yeah, this is going to one-for-one translate when I've been listening to some other pods about Summer League standouts and I've heard this statistic. I can't verify this. 
that 75% of the guys you're watching in summer league will never make an NBA roster. So it's just not NBA talent that they're playing against. And like with college players, reserve all judgment so you see him against the big boys. Right. And even the names, and this is gonna sound this is gonna sound a little mean. So I apologize. The names that I've been seeing from like Suns Media and Suns writers who are trying again, it's their job, trying to drum up excitement is like you see King like tall, long forward. Uh, I think Lewis King maybe. I saw an article and this one. I think you guys will appreciate Philip. I'm not sure when you dropped off the Kentucky uh, basketball bandwagon, but there was an article saying that Olivier Saar was the standout so far through three games. And that's not a slight against him. Statistically, he's done well. He had a great like 12, 14 minute stint uh, in this last game. He's looked good. Seven footer, pretty strong dude. We saw him at Kentucky as a grad transfer and after watching a whole lot of players come through Kentucky, it's pretty quick to look at the team or see the players and be like, yes to the NBA, no to the NBA. And Sar was one you're like, May- maybe he finds a place. And for him, his place the last year was on and off with the Thunder. I think a mix of G League and two-way, getting some NBA minutes, but not really. And that is who I've seen from my most believed Sons writer to be like, he's our standout. What that tells me is there's not much there. Here's the deal. There is a podcast on this podcast feed where I definitely called that man Oliver Starr. <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember that. I forgot about I was that. Skimming, I was skimming over the box score, making some point about why a game against the Thunder doesn't matter at all. And I called him Oliver Starr. So Olivier Starr, I'm sorry. I will grad say grad transfer right, from Wake Wake Forest grad transfer. Yeah, I, think. I believe that's correct. But I sent I you guys actually up. kind of an interesting DM right before we go went on air. Uh, I know I made light with the KCP comment, but Zona Hoops brought up a kind of interesting point specifically about Sar uh, right before we went live. So if you don't follow Zona Hoops on Twitter, it's at Zona Hoops underscore. Um, and he wrote probably not the most significant note in the world, but interesting. Olivier Sar's agent is Bill Duffy, along with DeAndre Ayton's agent. He reps Miles and Miles Turner, Turner and Jared Vanderbilt. Ver- Vanderbilt hasn't been directly connected to Phoenix, but Utah has in a multi-team deal. Brooklyn, Indy, Utah, Phoenix, mega deal question mark. And I was like, huh, interesting. So it could be interesting to see how Sar slash Vanderbilt slash Aiton Turner play into the bigger context of our summer. But well, I just thought I'm that was kind of go- interesting. I'm going to go ahead and click the next title here on the old YouTube live stream and hop us up into the Summer Suns news because I think that's where we're at. No offense, Summer League. But isn't that crazy? I've loved these stories coming out of like, I don't know if it was an ESPN person or a more local person. Like, it feels like the agent needs to keep one person happy while also trying to make the other person happy. But maybe in terms of the dominoes, like one has to happen first. Like. That's a that's a tough situation, and and it brought to my mind the Cam Johnson's agent is Daddy Booker, Devin's pops, Melvin. Like, it's weird when there's these intertwining interests, and then if you want to see how that can go terribly long, wrong, just go out west to the Lakers. Uh, the I'm guessing within a year or two, the Clutch Sports Lakers, uh, as you see the entire Clutch team that LeBron is slowly building over there 
uh, with Mr. and Mrs. Adele. So it is weird seeing that in action. Philip, you think you think there's any any real smoke going on with some big multi-team something or other? We deserve it. Amen. If this if this winds up being anything less than a four-team blockbuster of a deal, we've been cheated because of all the waiting that we've done. However, I want to get weirder. I want this to get as weird as possible. I texted you guys this. I was, I was gonna bring earlier, up the text, but I wanted to see it today. Have it yourself. Let's I want it weird. So Zona Hoops is dreaming of a Brooklyn, Indy, Utah, Phoenix mega deal. Let's throw the Lakers in there. Let's add another sign and trade. Let's add Cleveland in there. Get rid of Colin Sexton. You don't need him. You got Darius Garland. Let's uh let's move on. I want this to be as big of a deal as possible so that there are enough angles to justify all of the preemptive conversations we've been having as Suns fandom around this to date forsaken deal that has not been. <laughs> it's okay. So I I think I retweeted it last night when I was watching the summer league game. Uh I tweeted on June 30th, which has now been two weeks. So dot dot dot. If the Suns don't get KD, what are they going to do to get better? I had that thought two weeks ago. Here we are, and I have the exact same question because we spoke at length, probably too much length, about what the Suns need to do to hopefully take the step that they need. And we discussed a bunch. We talked about what we thought we could see from the big rotation. We thought we would talk about what changes could come from the wing and who could be brought in and who might be able to get sent out. Obviously we still have a glaring hole at the backup guard spot. And right now nothing has been addressed. And here is where to Phillip's point, I think there could be some validity. If, if they think that this isn't going to happen, wouldn't you expect something else to have happened by now? It just seems like there's a lot of sitting on hands across the big boys in the league that are all rumored to be involved in this. And the Mitchell talker rumor, I guess that came out last night or tonight about, you know, okay, maybe Mitchell's back on the board. Do you think, I don't know. I don't know. It seems insane that some mega four team, five team deal is going to happen. Cause that takes so many things going right. But I feel like it's just as unlikely that nothing happens either way. I'm going to go insane but I'd much rather something happen because the Aiton to Indiana steam is picking up. That seems to be a thing. Like there's just so much smoke from so many different places yet. We have got nothing and it is driving me insane because I have Woj's tweets on the alerts. And so when I get a buzz and I see Woj tweets about KCP, it makes me angry. And then I get another one a minute later because he then retweets his own story on ESPN.com which I should not happen. That makes me very upset. Sorry, go ahead, Philip. I'm I'm done. First of all, you should have as few notifications as possible on your phone. That's just, that's good. That's a healthy way to be. It's just Woj. He's the only Twitter <laughs> yeah. notification I'm right now. I like to think that he's actually the only notification you get, period, on your oh, phone. Oh, yeah, I have my wife's text silence. It's just, yep. it's just Woj. Just a ding when Woj comes up. Yeah, there is there's a corner of Sun's Twitter that is very much in the camp and they are saying it with their chest that this is a when not if trade. Because of that, 
it would just make sense to me that this is going to be a multifaceted deal and a bigger, broader trade makes sense because now the list of teams who are interested in doing something that is drastic continues to grow. Phoenix, in I know how some Suns fans feel about DA. The fact that they are holding out and seemingly looking to deal him is a drastic move. The Nets with KD and Kyrie, the Cavs even with a young star, the Lakers with a hometown hero in Russ, and then, of course, the the Nets. The Nets. So we have all of these different moving parts. It seems like it's fertile ground for something drastic to happen. It needs to happen. Like, I don't, I don't know. Someone was joking or making a comment of like, the Kawhi Paul George mega insanity all happened at like 3 a.m., right? In the middle of the summer league type stuff. Like, is that what we're, ha- is like, is that what we have to expect? Like, it's going to be 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning and we're going to be just phone blowing up seven teams. Everyone's moving somewhere. I don't know. I just want it to happen. I think that at this point, if the Suns don't do anything, I think I would be disappointed. And that's, Probably not fair, but I've just heard so many podcasts about Kevin Durant going somewhere at this point. I need him to go somewhere. I can't I can't have him and Kyrie go back to the Nets. It just can't happen. And there's no way, right? Like, there's no way after all this, the two of them are like, hey, you just want to go hoop for the Nets again? Sure. That sounds good. Like, do you think there's any chance that they just go back? A chance if a deal can't get worked out, I I can't see like I can see that being a possibility. Maybe do they finish the season with the Nets? Maybe not. But is there a realm of possibility where nothing gets done because everybody holds their ground, or is it in like that episode of The Office where they're all like holding each other up, you know, playing playing the the Savannah murder game? Like that could happen with everybody just being like, "All right, who's making a move?" Nobody does, and then. I like to yep. think that the Kings are like in another office also playing that game by themselves. <laughs> Just want to be involved. <laughs> I, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you, I've done, I've done trades with the sole purpose of getting Rashawn Holmes from the Kings to the Suns. Uh-huh. Just like throw know. them. Throw them Bring in there somehow back. just to get him, just to get him back to the Suns. Hey, so, I got a question. I got a question to pose to you guys to uh move us on from Kevin Durant. Cause I think we can stew and talk about Kevin Durant for hours. I want you to think in your mind and give me your best guess. How many NBA games do you think you watch per year? Probably close to a hundred. I didn't miss a Suns game this year. So that gets me 82. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I probably watched 15 to 20 primetime games or like TNT openers. So probably a hundred, which sounds really sad Ooh. now that I've said it out loud. So that was just, that was just regular season. Oh goodness. Yeah. What about if you have the playoffs? Oh, playoffs adds how many games? If you're watching, quick, I didn't quick watch math. every series. Quick math. Um, I watched every game of the first two series. I think I missed a couple in my uh, dark days, if you will. <laughs> there was a little bit of time where I just needed a break. I mean, goodness, probably like 150-ish. That's what I was thinking. That's a lot of time in my life. 
Yeah, I think 150 might be the over-under when you add an entire team's worth. And then there are teams that we just enjoy watching in Christmas. My Christmas tradition is to watch every single game that's on Christmas that day. So I think it like is six games. I think it is 150. Ethan, tell the people why we're uh, we're interested in thinking about all the NBA games we watch each year. So I know sometimes our 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 listeners don't like when we talk about things that aren't the Suns, but it's interesting to talk about what's going on around the league. And the three of us are proud owners of NBA League Pass. Pop-up I have list. been a uh, card carrying member <laughs> since. 2012, 2013, I believe. That's when I started hijacking it from my grandpa's DirecTV account. He had no idea. Uh, eventually, he changed his billing, so I had to pony up myself. But we've been, we've been League Pass boys for quite some time. And with that in mind, we get to watch any game we want. So whether it are, there's players that we like to follow or teams we like to follow, there are reasons to watch basketball games that don't involve the Phoenix Suns. I know that might be shocking to some of you. But with that in mind, we decided to talk in today's episode about our personal league pass rankings. So this is looking at the league as a whole. How do you rank your teams of interest? I'm not saying favorite teams. I'm not saying it's always for the better. But if you were to say, hey, you can pick your top five teams where you get to watch all of their games for the season. Who would those five teams be? And then we also wanted to touch on one other type of team. I think within our group message, it was either called the hate watch group. Uh, I think I worded it. It was like, it's hard not to look at it. It's kind of like the, kind of like the car wreck on the interstate where like, you know we shouldn't drive slow and look, but like you kind of have to, so you do it anyway. And that is our our final ask, if you will, of like who who is the team out there that you kind of just feel obligated to watch for whatever that reason may be. And so I think it makes sense just to go one by one. We can go through our picks. Uh, we'll add on our hate watch team at the end, and then maybe we can just talk a little bit about why we have certain teams ranked certain ways. You can give your own justification. Uh, But Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. And for those on YouTube, we've got this pulled up here so you can can follow along here and kind of see the chart. And if you are looking at said chart, starting at the top is our number one ranked. We ranked one through five. So Ryan, give the listeners your top five NBA teams on your 2022 league pass rankings. So again, clearly this is... In addition to the Suns, first I've got the Kings. Uh, and hey, we'll I get appreciate into- you covering your butt there, so that one person doesn't have in the comments like you hey! didn't say the Suns. Yes. Did you not want to watch like the Suns? I feel like that's understood, but you never know with folks. Um, but this this is going to be my my most preferred probably to watch next year. Uh, to my I say least, but it's all my top five. But I've got I've got the Kings at one. I've got the Grizzlies at two. My only East team I've got the Heat at three. The the T Wolves at four and then the Thunder at five, and that is that is my list for next season. So talk talk me through this here. Uh, we'll start we'll start at the top here. What was it about the Kings that allowed them to be your number one league pass team? So you're telling me if you're not watching the Suns but you want to watch hoops, you're throwing on the Sacramento Kings from like 
Golden Flakes One Arena or wherever. Absolutely. They are so it's because it, it appeals to my two favorite basketball teams, the Phoenix Suns and the Kentucky Wildcats. You've got De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and Trey Lyles from the from the Wildcats, and then you've also got. All of these former sons on that team. You've got Alex Lynn. You've got our boy and beloved big man Rashawn Holmes. You've Bless got him. you've got the jaded one Josh Jackson, who's probably blazing it up in Sacramento. Uh, it is just a, a minefield of teams that I love and memories. Uh, so I will gladly watch the Kings, and they're always kind of a dumpster fire from an organization standpoint. So it's always kind of fun to guess what the outcome is going to be for a Kings season. I, I like that pick. I feel like the Grizzlies is pretty self-explanatory. I think if you were doing like Vegas odds on league pass ranks, Grizz would probably be one or two, I would say. Um, talk to me about number three with the Heat, because I'm going to be real with you. If I watch the Heat, unless it's playoff time, I usually would rather watch paint dry because that is some, I, it's like 50-year-old wreck hoops at the park where it is just, it's physical, it's a lot of bumping and grinding, and a lot of hashtag heat mentality. What about Miami Heat basketball makes you be like, oh, I'm I'm tuning in to watch Bam drop 12, 10, and 10? One name, Udonis Haslam. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I've, I've made it pretty, pretty clear on this podcast that outside of the Suns, the team I'm usually going to end up rooting for in whatever scenario is going to be the Heat. Uh, I've, I've been a Heat fan since Dwayne Wade played. I've just got a, a soft spot in my heart for them. But again, they've got that Kentucky tie. They've got Bam. They've got Tyler Hero. Jimmy Buckets is always fun to watch. Um, you've got the ghost of Duncan Robinson playing still, um, who disappeared last season. Uh, so it's just, it's, a mon- it's just a money bag with holes yeah, cut out. It's, it's just the, a little the, ghost. The bag emoji just floating up and down the court. Um, but no, I just I have a soft spot for the Heat, so I'm always gonna if they're on and I'm available to watch, they're probably gonna be the, one of the ones that I, I go to pretty regularly just to check in, see how they're doing. Um, the the bottom like the it. bottom two, the T Wolves, is purely curiosity. I am so intrigued to see how Cat and Gobert play next to each other. I want you to I want you to hold that thought because I know for a fact the T Wolves will be coming up later in another sure. category. Yeah, uh, and and I'll make sure to I'll, I've got plenty to say about the Thunder. Uh, Philip, your list uh, for the folks at home once again. Phillips one through five. We got the Clippers, the Kings, Phillips Warriors, the Nuggets, <laughs> and the Magic. Walk me through it, starting with the Clip Show. Big Jonathan Isaac fan. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get we'll get to him. We'll get to Jonathan Isaac. Ethan Ethan oh, said I have to start with me really off guard. I'm sorry. Hey, I have 50 bombs just to land one occasionally. I'm glad I got you. Oh boy. The what Clippers got, the Clippers have the chance to be the deepest team in the entire NBA. When you when you look at their roster, it's hard to figure out who's going to start and who's going to be coming off the bench. So let's just throw these five guys out as the starters. This is a huge lineup. John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nicholas Batum, Zubac. But that Norm, leaves on the Norm Powell too, right? Is, that leaves on the bench. See, yeah. Marcus Morris, senior, yep. Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, oh, Terrence Robert Mann is Coving- so good. Covington. Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Brandon Boston, and Amir Coffey. That's crazy. Dude. 
They that's are a lot. So of, that's deep. a lot of a whole team of of players that could be the sixth man or starting somewhere else. On top of all of that, they have one of, if not the best coaches in the NBA. I think there is a chance they are phenomenal, phenomenal. With the Kings, Ryan's number one. Keegan Murray's a big dude. He's, He's a, a big thick dude, ones. certified thick. And he has a nice shot. I'm going to be interested to see what he can do. I think he might be a little redundant with Harrison Barnes, but if he's a younger guy who's not going to be as good of a defender as Barnes, but if they can develop him over the course of this year, he's that's great for them. And then, of course, we want to see if Fox can keep up his good work from the end of the year last season. But Legion Hoops, which is an aggregating Twitter account, reported that some better placed a $10,000 bet on the Kings to win the championship. The payout is $7.5 million. Yo, go Kings. Whoever that is, I'm for him. I'm rooting for him. I just want to say I would have made better use of the $10,000. But hey. You say that now, so you have 7 mil. can Can I make a quick Keegan Murray comment? Yes. The reason I really didn't like him was because in the NCAA tournament, I had heard so much about him and I wanted to watch him play just to find out that his twin brother, Chris is also on the team. So I never knew which one was. him. <laughs> so I was watching. And I was like, man, that doesn't look great. And they're like, Oh, it's the brother. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And it was really confusing for me. And it just gave me flashbacks to Phoenix suns, Markeith wearing like 11 Marcus wearing 15 and people are like, isn't it cool that you have twins on the same team? No, no, it's not. It's very confusing and it makes it hard to watch. That's how so people I, are with me and Ethan. They'll come up and be like, "Hey, how's Brooke yeah. doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I, I, that's that's Ethan's wife." And they're like, "Oh," that's, and then they walk away. That's from my me. only Keegan Murray complaint is I really tried to focus and watch him and be a good little NBA basketball boy and be prepared, and it was really difficult for me because apparently I'm stupid. That's all. You can talk about your beloved now. Yeah, as far as the Warriors go, <laughs> Steph is always must see TV. But I think the most compelling storyline for the Warriors this year is going to be their young guys. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of leaps can Jordan Poole make? And then Moody and Kaminga at times looked really good. Moody especially looked very good at times during the playoffs. And then what does James Wiseman give them? Coming looked, in, what will in effect in be so far. his actual rookie campaign? They have an incredibly talented core of players you're thinking dre clay steph but then that is a lot of talent to have all on rookie deals that is compelling to me but then the nuggets i don't love the heliocentric version of basketball that teams like the nuggets can play the teams like dallas can play but they're compelling because Jamal Murray is coming back from injury. What's he going to look like? Assuming Michael Porter Jr. is able to stay on the court this year, his talent is unquestionable, at least on the offensive end. <laughs> Correct. But then Bruce Brown, KCP, who we've already mentioned, Bryn Forbes can give you a bucket, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Greens, Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, a good veteran off the bench. Like that's that's another team with an impressive amount of depth. And I'm interested to see what they can what they can do. And then finally, finally, which I'm a little disappointed that neither of you had had this team. We're going all the way to the East Coast. 
to the Orlando Magic. Now, Paolo Bancaro, he's cold. I hate college basketball, so I never, I never seen Paolo play. I saw pictures of him. I saw, I guess, highlights on Instagram or stuff like that. He's huge. I, he didn't look that big in college. I know that sounds so stupid, but I watched plenty of his games in college, and he didn't jump off the screen as like a, oh, that is a, a massive man. But man, he looks big and strong. And he's on, he was on a big team anyways right. at Duke. But his there is a smoothness to his game and to his playmaking ability that is scary as someone who's a fan of an Eastern Conference team. But pair him with Jalen Suggs. You would hope Jalen Suggs is able to take a big leap. But then those two are surrounded by guys who, you could say, need to prove themselves. They're surrounded by guys who have to prove themselves if they're going to have longevity in the league. Jonathan Isaac coming off of an injury. Mo Bamba getting the contract. RJ Hampton, Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr. All guys who have had major questions about their play throughout the course of their careers, they need, those guys need to have good years. So then the question becomes, can guys like Jalen, Paolo, Mo Wagner, can they gel with guys who are kind of in career years trying to prove themselves? Can they gel and make something that's actually cohesive instead of having these disparate parts that are trying to prove themselves on the basketball court? No, I think the Magic were were on my honorable mention. I replaced them with uh, two teams that are in a very similar boat in terms of some of the young talent. But uh, I opened it up with the Pistons. The Pistons were my number one. And there's a couple reasons behind it. One, I did not watch much Cade Cunningham his rookie year because the pieces around him were so unbearable to watch. Like what the Pistons were doing, were trying to do all that was pretty miserable. I'm very intrigued by what they're doing now, where they've got this young trio that I think they're going to try to build their entire future around with Cade, with Jaden Ivey, and Jalen Duran, who is a, a Adonis of a human at age 18. It's just, he's a freak. I think it'll be fun. I don't know if they'll win much but i'm hoping it's a team that always puts up a good fight has a couple going back here top 10 plays just a couple where you're like oh goodness when they click this is a lot of fun and they've got a couple other guys too that are just intriguing to watch whether it's storylines like marvin bagley what's he gonna do after signing for three years 30 plus uh someone like sadiq bay who i'm guessing they want to be in that young core of the future but is also a valuable trade asset. It's it's very interesting to me to see kind of what they've got. And then they've got Isaiah Stewart, a name that's been brought up a lot when the DeAndre Ayton trade talks were happening. And someone, I don't remember if it was one of the ringer pods or something. I didn't realize Isaiah Stewart was like the number three uh, overall prospect going into college when he went to Washington. That was interesting. All I know about Isaiah Stewart from last year was the LeBron fight, which was awesome. So, like, there's a lot of young, interesting pieces that give me some real Phoenix Suns vibes of of those two to three years where it was a lot of young dudes 
who didn't have the veterans around them to kind of lift them up to that next level, but they're kind of out there proving to everyone that they've got it in them so that maybe they can bring in a veteran to help with that. So I think that's interesting. Y'all have already touched on the Kings. They're my number two. Malik and De'Aaron back together. That's enough for me to be on my top five. That was one of the most fun Kentucky basketball teams of all time In for me. I think the only team that would be above them would be the Anthony Davis team. That was just a joy. Uh, but in terms of fun, Malik, Fox, and Bam were even more fun than the 36-0 team that lost to Wisconsin. Like That team was electric. It was great. I had the Warriors at three. That might have come as a surprise to some, but Phillip said it. If Steph Curry is playing, it is worthy of your attention. Who knows how many more years we get to watch this magician do his thing. So I'm going to take all that I can. Pelicans at four. I'm a little, I, I thought someone else might have the Pelicans. I, I had the Pelicans and then scratched them out last minute for the Timberwolves. It was, it was very compelling what I saw in the playoffs. Brandon Ingram is a guy that I think is worth watching no matter where he is. I think he put himself on that level in the playoffs. Their entire team around them obviously showed tremendous fight. We also have Zion, who is supposed to be the guy who people kind of have forgotten about because of uh, injury issues, size issues, Mountain Dew commercials, the like. He seems to be coming back if you can trust him doing dunks in an empty gym that appear to be photoshopped based on how the floor bends. If you haven't looked that up, please do. But I'm intrigued. I want to see what happens with the Pelicans. So I've got them. And then the Thunder at five. See if you guys can read my mind. There is an electric Caucasian guard on the Thunder who is an absolute game changer every time he goes out. Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm assuming you're talking about Josh Giddy. You're it's correct. Giddy, right? Ty Jerome. Oh, okay. Ty Jerome. You are correct, guys. Ty <laughs> Jerome. Phoenix Suns draft pick out of Virginia. Uh, no, Josh Giddy is must watch. Chet Holmgren. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm hoping. No, the other seven foot ten white beanpole. I, I am hoping that Chet proves me wrong. I, and not to say that I thought he would not be good. We've spoke a few times on the pod. I thought that either Paolo or Jabari would be the guys. They looked built for the NBA. It looked like physically they could handle it. Chet has come out and, and shown that he has a skill set that is very hard to find in any player, let alone someone built like that. I'm hoping he proves me wrong and does great things for OKC. Josh Giddy is a joy to watch. He should not have been out there for Summer League. It took about two minutes of game time for him to clearly show that he was better than everyone else. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching that team figure it out. I mean, I still think expectations are low. They've been losing for so long. I'm not sure if they know how to win, but I'm hoping they do so that SGA can actually try and be rewarded for it instead of being benched with 30 games left. So I think that's a lot of fun. But with that, we move to... I think probably the more interesting category, the teams we want to hate watch, the teams that are such a such a something that you've got to see what's going on. And Philip, I'll start with you on this one. 
who was your team that you just love to hate watch, love to see what's going on, no matter what it is? Usually, usually it would be the 76ers because of one James Harden. However, however, he's taking a pay cut this year, which I think is commendable. A big one. Yeah, I mean. When you're when you're that rich, what's the difference between thirty million and forty five million, forty seven million? I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of money. So he's off the table because he did something I marginally respect. My (laughs) (laughs) my hate watch team will be wherever Kyrie Irving lands. I can't stand Kyrie Irving right now. He is he has been annoying for well over a year. He has derailed now three teams, Cavs, Celtics, Nets, and he's fake smart. He says stuff, (laughs) and there is no substance to what he says, and that's the worst. I I was an English major when I was in college, and there were people who would wax on and on and on, and they would make points for like three minutes, and at the end of it, you would you would look at the people sitting next to you and go, they didn't say a thing. That is Kyrie Irving's vibe. Like that is him. He says words with no substance. I don't like it. He's fake smart. He's very talented at basketball, but he has earned my ire. I am for the foreseeable future going to be rooting against whoever Kyrie Irving plays for. I love it. I'm going to go ahead and go next only because my team happens to be on someone's top five. I had the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. And here is, here is why in my mind, there are so many ways that it can go wrong. Now, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, my entire life, I am very Twitter connected to Minnesota sports world. I'm telling you, Minnesota sports fans are programmed the exact same way of Suns fans. I promise. The Vikings, most Super Bowls without a win, one of the most winningest teams, longest teams, all this history, blah, blah, blah. The Twins had some stupid record about how many lost playoff games in a row. Timberwolves are the Timberwolves. Uh, Rosas owner crap. Like Minnesota fans, they get it. Trust me. They understand how it is to be as we would call typically a Suns fan. The Timberwolves just sold like all of their children, a couple birthrights of the next generation and like everything else they had. And they're like, we are going to just destroy our future because we believe we have found (laughs) the, the golden goose. We have found the magic bean that will take us to magical tall French Heights. And with that, they leveraged their future for Rudolph Gubert. <laughs> what on earth? Who does that? Timberwolves, that's who. And so now you have one of the most exciting, promising young players in the league, Anthony Edwards, who is must-watch basketball, like must-watch TV. What a gem. Like what he did in the playoffs is fantastic. You have D'Angelo Russell, a player you thought would be that, but then wasn't. He's trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> and then you have Carl Anthony Towns, your super max, very, very tall center. And you just brought in Rudy Goober. 
And you're telling me that those two giants are going to play together. Sure. What that screams to me is top five regular season team. And then a playoff game where the last eight minutes of every fourth quarter, you have a dude making $50 million riding the bench. Boy, that's going to be interesting to watch. Like figuring out how that will either go right or go wrong with a fan base that wants it so bad. And again, this is the this is the same team that had a player jump on the scoreboard to celebrate winning a play-in game who then got shipped out. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, there's Patrick so, Beverly, you legend. There is so much funny stuff with the Timberwolves. And so for me, there's no way I'm not going to watch and keep up with it. Like usually I kind of mute my Minnesota sports writers when football season's kind of slowed down. Not this year. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear when Rudy Gobert touches all the microphones and makes COVID jokes and like all the dumb Rudy Gobert things mixed in with all the crazy Anthony Edwards quotes from interviews. Like that is going to be a circus and I can't wait. Also, Gobert without Donovan Mitchell, he probably thinks he's going to go 30 and 20 every night now that he has a buddy who will actually pass to him. I'm pumped. I think they're going to be great. I'm excited. What you got, Philip? But who's going to miss all those shots that Donovan did that uh, gave him some offensive rebounds? Oh, man. I feel very confident the T-Wolves have plenty of guys who can miss shots. <laughs> Slow-mo? Slow-mo gets in there, starts, yeah. <laughs> starts throwing him up. He's like, Grizzlies never gave me my true time to shine. It's, it's Anderson hour, baby. It's possible. See, this know. is exactly the reason you have them as your hate watch is the exact reason I have them as my must watch. As somebody who just thrives in chaos and disorder, this is right up my alley. And I'm thrilled. If that's for the them. case. If that's the case, the Nick should have been on your list. If you're going to be consistent, <laughs> be consistent. All right, Ryan, who, who you got as to, to close this out? Uh, I've got the Clippers and it's probably not for the reason most people think it's not because I genuinely hate them. It's because I think they're probably the best team in the West next season. I think they will legitimately be, if everybody is healthy and Paul George shows up 75% of the time, they will be the best team in the West. Uh, and I think it, it's quite possible they make it to the finals next season. Uh, I, I am genuinely terrified. The same way I was terrified of the Warriors this year, that's how I'm I feeling already about this Clippers team and I will watch them in fear just to know what to expect come playoff time, because I think they will be nasty. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's fair to say that even if the Suns get KD, it is not an assumed, an assumption. No way. It's not a good assumption that they can just steamroll the Clippers. No way. That's no how way. deep they're, they're going to be. The Clippers they, are going to, are going to be very good. Yeah. They managed to like, rebuild and better themselves while their two best players weren't playing for about two seasons. Pretty impressive. Almost. I'm not going to, I don't know if I could go as far to say under the radar, but like they just kept making moves that were like, Oh, that makes sense. Like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But all the while that the team they're putting out there has been kind of disjointed at times. And a big part of that's just Kawhi's absence, but it looks like they have a pretty good machine built around Kawhi because I I think Paul George is a piece of the machine. I don't think he's that dude. I think Kawhi is that dude. Uh, and I know we had some very differing opinions of just how good he's going to be, 
But you got to think, even if he comes back at 90% of what he was, that is going to be another really good team to add in the West. And that's just a little terrifying. But hey, it is what it is. I did notice there are uh, significantly more Western Conference teams than Eastern Conference teams on our list. Did you happen to notice that as you as we were looking through these? I think out East we have the Magic. So Philip had one team in the East. I had the Pistons, so just one team, and Ryan had the Heat. Interesting. Maybe that's our Western Conference bias from watching all the teams I, that play the I Suns. I tried to find another Eastern Conference team that I could put up there that I'd be like, oh, I'd give them some time. I thought about the Bulls a little bit. I did think about the Knicks. Um, I even thought about the Celtics just to see what they're going to do again this year. But to me, the West is just stacked still. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun year. And, and I want to say, too, to those that are that are still listening with us, if you love Suns basketball and you love the NBA, I think you will enjoy Suns basketball even more when you pay more attention to what else is going on in the league. Like I think I think it makes the viewing experience better when you have more familiarity with the team you're going up against. Uh and it's also just fun to see what other teams are doing cuz teams don't play basketball the same way. And it, it can be a lot of fun kind of learning and, and picking up on things that you're seeing from other teams, other coaches, other young, exciting players. And so then in a few months, when the trade machines kick back up again and every single player is somehow expected to go to the Suns, you'll at least know a little bit about them. But gentlemen, anything else from our league pass rankings of 2022 before we bring this to a close? All righty. Well, Philip. I want to go ahead and get you ready for this. Guys, is there anything you want to say as we bring this episode to a close? Go, son. Oh, I love that so much. Ryan? Love you, boys. Love you too, man. Gentlemen, it has been a lovely Wednesday night recording. I look forward to seeing what happens as the Kevin Durant saga continues, the DeAndre Ayton saga continues, and the Summer League Suns continue their championship hopes riding on the broad wide shoulders of ishmael wainwright thank you so much for listening thank you to the folks at the bright side thank you for watching for philip and ryan i am ethan this is into the valley Phoenix podcast we out